Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well myself as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I was kind of a minority within a minority back then. I'm Dr. Shinise Omara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my TV work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful, and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation because I've come to realise that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of health tech. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm uh, conscious that we don't have much time um, to chat today. So um, in the short time that we've got, let's um, cut to the chase. Um, Delve straight in. Yeah. So you're in health tech um, and you're a woman and you happen to be studying at um, one of the best universities in the world. Um, what's it like? How are you finding it? I would say it's been nothing but a positive experience because, like you said, I'm at one of the best institutions in the world. And um, luckily for us, that means that they are world leading, not only in the educational side of things, but also in the extracurricular activities that go around that. Mm, yeah. I mean, you're now in health tech and you... Um, have kind of won awards for your startup. Um, How did you get into the field, first of all? So I studied um, my undergraduate in chemistry, um, really enjoyed it. So I went on then to do a master's in chemical biology. And it was through that that we founded this idea because we were studying all about antimicrobial resistance. um, And we wanted to do something to join the course. On this podcast, we get really honest and raw about our experiences um, as women Uh in STEM. Um, Do you feel that being a woman in health tech has uh, had its disadvantages? I'm on the fence about this one, to be honest. Um, There are a lot of times, more often than not, when I've walked into pitches for grant funding or for competitions where I have been the only woman in the room um, and usually the only person under the age of about 30 as well. Um, So it can be quite intimidating. Um, But then on the other hand, I would say it depends how you present yourself. So if I was to walk in feeling or looking like I was feeling uncomfortable, then I feel like people tend to take advantage of that, especially when you're in such a competitive environment. Um, So On the flip side, I have been very lucky to have strong female mentors and lots and lots of guidance from all sorts of different areas to make sure that when I am in that room, 
and I do feel intimidated that I make sure I'm heard. Mm. Let's talk about that and delve into that because I think women have a natural tendency to sort of question themselves and have have self-doubt and also be quite intimidated by men. Um, Have you ever felt that? And if you have, what do you do to overcome that? I've been very lucky in that I personally have never felt it. Um, And I did join a women's entrepreneurship competition. um, And I was quite sceptical when I joined because I was there were all these myths around, well, what I thought to be myths around how men don't generally empower women in these kind of environments, especially in the STEM environment, like you said. Um, But because I'd never felt it myself, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. I think that might be a bit of a myth. Um, Having joined, I realised that I was actually one of the lucky ones who was, I would say, supported in everything that I wanted to do, whether it was in my academic background or in my career. Um, but yeah, I completely understand that not everyone's been as lucky as I have. Mm. How come you've been lucky? What's been different about your experiences versus other female STEM entrepreneurs? Now, what, what are the differences we're actually talking about? Um, so I think it is what you said in case of people feeling intimidated, um, especially when there were stronger male characters in the room. And I think what it might be is that we're just not even aware that that happens. Does that make sense? You're not even aware that you kind of go into your shell. Right. Um, But because I have been doing the entrepreneurship from a relatively young age, and like I said, it comes with all sorts of mentoring. um, Because of that, maybe I've been more aware of it. And so I've always felt comfortable in these environments where other people other women might not even realize what's happening yeah and it's only when we have these conversations that people step back and go oh yeah actually I am quiet in meetings when it when the whole exec board is male Mm. as opposed to when there's another lady in the room yeah so from my understanding of what you're saying you've never actually felt uh different by being female in stem um, but you are aware that other women have felt a bit uncomfortable being in a minority. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, you're lucky because you've never felt different. But there must be something about your character that is putting up a greater protectiveness around who you are and I'm trying to sort of get to the nitty-gritty of that because um, basically there's something about you that protects you against any gender issues or self-confidence and self-esteem issues and I'd love to know what they are so that we can kind of all share them and take inspiration from you. One thing somebody said to me that came to mind straight away as soon as you asked that question is that never to be afraid of failure and actually your failures probably should be celebrated more than your successes um, because it's from your failures that you learn and you grow and then that is what drives you towards your success the success doesn't just come by um, all by itself maybe that's what it is because a lot of the times when we are even male or female if we're intimidated in any kind of environment it usually boils down to the fact that you're afraid of embarrassing yourself or you're afraid of saying the wrong thing or yeah 
you're afraid of the other person making you look like a failure. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about your relationship with failure. How come you're not scared of it? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Do you reckon it's maybe the way you've been brought up, um, the attitudes of people around you today? Like maybe you're in a very supportive, encouraging environment. Like, why do you think, put another way, why do you think people get scared about failure? That's a really interesting question. I don't know if it's not so much the fact that I was brought up in quite a supportive environment, but maybe the opposite, because maybe I was made to feel all the time like you can never get anything wrong, that I just went the other way. And I was like, this is just an unbearable pressure and it's impossible to never get anything wrong. So then I just completely didn't care. So you grew up in an environment where there was expectation and pressure to always be achieving. and you actually sort of worked out hang on that's not humanly possible I'm gonna start being kind to myself if I do fail because around me is too much unrealistic expectation I think so I think that that's what it might have been so what kind of environment did you grow up in um so at home it was amazing very supportive um, very loving, very caring. But it was, I think, more at school that I was pushed academically. Um, but I'm just trying to think, like, I'm not sure if my parents or my teachers might have a different perspective on that. And they might think, actually, you set the bar too high for yourself. And we were just helping you to attain those goals. Um, have you always been very strong academically? I would say so, yeah. So. Was it like, okay, she's always going to be the straight A student. So, you know, and then so then the, the, the precedence was set. Yeah, I think it may have been more that than just the whole environment itself. I think a combination of the fact that when someone recognizes that mindset in you and that tenacity to keep on pushing, then they will see how far they can push you. Right. Which is kind of amazing that you let yourself off the hook because I really relate to that kind of upbringing like I've always been um in environments where people see my capabilities so then they have kind of massive expectations of me um and so I've always just kept pushing but I've never ever and this is why it's so inspiring talking to you I've never actually gone you know what Shani it's okay to fail I've always gone no you've just got to keep going you've got to keep going you've got to keep going and it's kind of made me miserable when I look back because I've never actually rested on my laurels yeah like what's been your experience with that um it's not something that I did consciously but I think from a very young age because I started struggling with mental health started having panic attacks um I guess I wasn't left with any choice but to think that way because otherwise it would have just been detrimental to my health. So I think a lot of the times people that do kind of come across as being that way, something has triggered them because otherwise we do just Mm. carry on pushing and pushing, like you said. Um, 
right. I think we all have a breaking point. Yeah, that's fascinating. And for some reason, the J.K. Rowling commencement speech at Harvard is coming to mind when she talks about rock bottom. Because I think when you are pushing yourself, particularly when you're at the best school and doing the best subjects and you're best in the class and all of that, you can actually end up crashing into a brick wall. And that can be the solid foundations Mm -hmm. upon which you build yourself, as J.K. Rowling said. Um, And so did you have that kind of experience where you just reached burnout with other people's expectations of you? Um, Yeah, sadly I did. But at the time, I was very lucky to be surrounded by people that were just immensely supportive um and so I guess when I went through that process of building myself back up I was surrounded by all the right people and funnily enough lots of strong women um do you feel comfortable maybe talking a little bit about like that brick wall moment because I'm sure so many people relate I certainly do um I'm trying to think so It was when I started university, I would say towards the end of my first year, um, Mm. I found it quite a steep learning curve going from A-levels to uni. Um, And so, yeah, I started having seizures and panic attacks and wasn't really sure why at the time. I didn't even put it down to the fact that it's it's the stress of uni I kind of just thought oh there must be something wrong in my blood or something wrong in my neurological system or I wasn't even thinking about the fact that it could just be stress um it would always be I'd always be like oh but I only had a panic attack because I was running late or I only had a panic attack because I missed the bus or something like that there would always be I wasn't ever getting to the core of the problem um and then that's where I would say like I was very lucky and I feel that my university really supported me but I know that in lots of other situations people have not been as lucky as I have and it's really sad but in that situation I just so happened to speak to the right tutor who then referred me to the mental health team who then sent me for therapy and they then helped me break things down um but otherwise it could have really gone terribly wrong if I didn't speak to the right people at the right time yeah support is so important and it's kind of fascinating you talking about not knowing what your body was going through because I think so many of us uh, carry stress in very counterintuitive ways um, and so it was interesting when you were saying, you know, you thought it was maybe just because you were late for something that you were stressed or, uh, you know, but sometimes when you reach a brick wall, it's actually stress you've been carrying for a long, long time. Definitely. Yeah. What did you learn from your supportive team? Like what? What changes did you make and what did you learn about yourself? I think the biggest thing that I learned is that you never really stop learning in a way because things are always going to come at you hard and fast. And so 
it's okay not to work with this kind of going at 100 miles an hour all the time um, and to just say I just need a minute and to speak to someone about it if you're struggling and not just continue and carry on and pretend like everything's fine which is another thing that I think women tend to do more than anyone else yeah gosh I it's there's so much power in just taking a pause you know um and just kind of giving yourself a little bit of a break um and that's why I do find it so fascinating talking to women in STEM on this podcast, because, you know, typically we tend to be women that strive for so much and uh, we're capable of achieving our unrealistic goals. Um, but in the process, we can really forget um, to live and it sounds like through your experiences, you were given a reminder that it's really important to live. I think, yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Mm. So as a result of reaching this sort of like brick wall, what has life been like since? I would love to lie to you and just say that was it and I got through it and it never happened again (laughs) but sadly that's not the case because like you said we are always just pushing um so even after you go through something like that you do pick yourself back up and you carry on and then the next goal seems impossible um so I do have a wobble from time to time um and I have to really keep on reminding myself that of the coping mechanisms that I used at that time and also start recognising the problems a lot sooner and start reaching out for help a lot sooner rather than make the same mistake twice. And that's where I say you learn from your failures more than sometimes your successes. So now when you do fail, what's your process? What goes through your mind? I think it's natural for everyone to beat themselves up and to think, oh no, if only I'd done this differently, or why did I say that, or why did I not say this? Um, But I think the important thing is not to ruminate and not to keep on going over that in your head and to, when you are going over it in your head and beating yourself up, use it more as a positive thing and think, okay, so then I'll do X, Y, and Z differently next time, and then move on to the next time, because the sooner you move and look forward to the next part, the sooner you will get to that success because you're just wasting time otherwise. You kind of have to just be quite pragmatic about it, which is hard to harder easier to say than to do. It sounds like you've really been through the ringer, um, just in terms of your own personal growth, which is by no means negative. It's an absolutely positive thing because I think in order to really be our best selves, we do have to go through a lot of challenges. It's the only way we can grow. And um, it sounds like you've grown a lot. Um, What would be the biggest sort of take-home messages you could give to our listeners um, in terms of the journey you've had 
in STEM um, or otherwise, just life. Yeah. I think the one standout thing for me that really defined or not defined, but helped me recognize who I am and what it is that I want out of my career, out of just life, um, was the women's entrepreneurship competition that I was so skeptical about because I didn't think that gender inequality existed especially not at my university because I'd never experienced it so I would just say that in everything everywhere you go everything you do just be open-minded and always say yes to everything um and don't be afraid of saying no and for people that haven't got access to the kind of support that you've had or um I don't know, just in a bit of a self-doubt spiral, what kind of advice would you give them? Look to something or someone that does inspire you and then use that to try and help you find your confidence, to try and think, because it might be a cause that that you're working towards and if you look towards that, then you'll be like, no, I need to keep focused, keep on moving because I'm working towards this. Or it might be a certain person, like you said, the um, talk, J.K. Rowling talk, um, something that she might say in that might inspire you. So it's hard. It's hard when you get into that mindset, but there's always something out there that will, I believe anyway, that can trigger positive change, even if it's just a podcast yeah yeah I I agree with you I feel like sometimes we can get really caught up in a kind of negative uh, vortex um, of thinking and sometimes it takes you know an action of just getting yourself out of that vortex you know by distracting yourself with something else which often STEM women can forget to do because, you know, we're, we're working so hard at our goals um, that we're really sort of like embedded in it. But sometimes just switching off and going and doing something completely different can change your outlook on things. Um, have you ever experienced that? Oh, I don't think I have. Maybe that's one that I need to give a go myself in terms of like doing something completely different. <laughs> I know you said earlier that you don't always get it right and you have your wobbles, but I would love to have sort of like found out from you how you just maintain your mental health, basically. The short answer would probably be the people that I surround myself with. Right. Because in terms of maintaining a healthy work-life balance, all of that completely out the window when you're working in a startup. Um but as long as you enjoy what you're doing and who you're working with, I think then it's a lot easier. Mm, yeah. And so if there are people in your life that you feel are draining, it's best to kind of walk away from them, right? Yeah, or just create some distance. Because sometimes you end up working with people um, and you can't just walk away because it would mean you have to quit your job. So just make sure that you're not spending... Mm as much time around that negative influence Mm. 
Well, you've been a completely positive influence. Um, and, you know, for such a short amount of time, it's really just been so deeply insightful to hear from someone that has a very strong awareness of the importance of a healthy, balanced attitude. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you very much. That's it from my STEM guest this week. Short and sweet is the message of um, this episode. But in the limited amount of time that we had together, it was so incredible to hear from someone who clearly has a massive awareness of the importance of her mental health. And as a result, it's kind of inspired me into just being more conscious and aware of uh, my own attitudes and the way I treat myself um, emotionally and mentally as well as physically. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to write and review the show and catch you next week on Silence. <laughs>